Hello and welcome once again to the Third and Goal podcast. Tonight we preview the NFC South. Hotly contested within this podcast alone, we talk about what we think may or may not happen in this one. Are the Saints done without Drew? Do the Panthers rejuvenate Sam Darnold? The Falcons have a guy who can kick a ball and not much else. And what week will the NFL decide to wrap up the season early and hand the Super Bowl to the Bucks? Of course, I'm joined by Dan and Rob. Guys, how are we doing today? I'm excited for this one, Fred. I'm excited. You've got silly determination in your eyes. What about you, Rob? I'm dreading it, to be honest. <laughs> I feel like I've been kind and you guys are going to be mean. I've been realistic. <laughs> Just a bit of context for those who may be listening for the first time. Dan is, of course, a Bucks fan and Rob is a Falcons fan. So I'm sure they're going to do most of the talking on this one and uh, and take over. But before I guess we get to... Too much into an argument. Should we start with the Panthers and what we think they might do? Sam Darnold at QB. I like the move. CMC returning from injury. Hopefully, well, he's the best player in football, let's face it. Um, that's without question. I think even the games he played last year, he showed that in spurts and he wasn't even fit. Um, I don't mind the Panthers, to be honest. I don't think they're quite there. I think they're set up. The Saints are on the verge of imploding. Uh, somehow they've managed to work their way out of Cap L this summer again. Um, but one day, one summer, it is going to catch up with them and bite them on the arse. Has to. Tampa will come on to as well. Tom Brady's obviously not going to be around forever. I think the Panthers are, are saying, we'll let you have it. We'll build when you guys blow up in two, three years, one year, whenever it be they are going to be primed for a little spell of dominance. So I don't think they're there yet. I've got, I think they've got a learning curve, but players they brought in over the last year, Jeremy Chin and people like that, I think they're going to be Brian Burns. I think they're set that they'll, they'll take what they can get this year. If they can squeeze a playoff, great. But I think that's where their expectation will stop this year. They'll be hopeful for a playoff rather than expecting a playoff. Um, oh. I'm really excited for Sam Darnold to scout the New York Jets and hopefully he's got an O-line that gives him a bit of protection and receivers that can catch as well and those he's, receivers remain fit if they can. So He's going to have CMC either running 10 yards into the flat either side or running around in front of him for a dump off over the top of the line. So, mm. yeah, as a quarterback, you'd go, thank you very much, I'll take that all day long, won't you? So, mm. <laughs> send everybody else down the field, get out the way, give CMC <laughs> some space, give him the ball, job done. It's not that hard. But, well, that's not really how it works, I know, but it will help. Donald decides, do we like their preseason role and what they've done in the draft and those bits? Um, to be honest, Fred, you know, so other than Terrace Marshall, um, you know, their draft sort of eluded me. It's, uh, I can't add much to that, really. I was just going to basically copy what Darren said and said, you know, Darren and what you've said, Fred, is that, you know, this move is what Darnell needed. But to what I said on our last episode about um, Daniel Jones, I think he's, he's, Darnold is in that stage of, you know, it's not what it's out for you at one team. You come into a second team, but he's going to have to prove himself pretty quickly, I think. Like Dan says, that's going to be made easier by the fact that he can just dump it off to Christian McCaffrey 
you know, every player as long as he stays fit. But yeah, I like their talent as well with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson and Terrace Marshall. Um, and I'm sure whatever amount of relative success they're going to get this year is going to depend on McCaffrey staying fit. Um, again, like Dan said, he came back last year, I think it were about week 10, and he came back and played like he'd never been away. So I don't think output is going to be an issue for him. I don't think the injury is going to have impacted on his ability, um, but they'll just be hoping that he can actually stay on the field this year. Um, defensively, though, they're, they're not great, but they've got some good players in there, and Jeremy Chin is a you know great example of that. But I do agree that they're a work in progress. Bottom of the division. Bottom of the division. Respectable record. Five and twelve. Five and twelve. We know our NFC South, Fred. Sam, are you on five and twelve as well? I'm on five and twelve, sir. I've gone four and thirteen. We are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. But I, I don't, don't think. Go on, sorry. I'm sorry. I think they won't be happy with that. That's the wrong phrase. But I don't think their expectations much off that either. And there are games there where I think they could win it and make it a seven and ten type year, or you know, which I think they would be okay with. But I just feel like they're setting themselves up for a couple of years' time and everything else falls around them, they're going to be primed. No, I agree. And I don't, weirdly as well, even though we've all predicted low records, I don't think it's all doom and gloom either. I think they could come away with that. As long as they make the improvements they feel they need to make, which they've started to do in terms of personnel, in terms of what they do on the field, weirdly, even though they don't pick up many wins, and I think they're probably okay with that, aren't they? Yep. Well, before we come on to the main the main two teams in the division, shall I put it that way? I don't know. Um, should we talk about the Saints, everyone's favourite team in the NFC South? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the on cue. <laughs> I think this is, you know, really interesting quarterback scenario. Drew Brees is gone, thank God. And the <laughs> Saints are left in what you could maybe describe as quarterback purgatory I suppose um, Jameis Winston Taysom Hill I guess by the things the way things are shaping up in pre-season it looks like Winston's going to you know, maybe start with that job and uh, all we can hope is that he throws another 30 plus interceptions this coming season uh, mainly if most of those could come in the two games against the Falcons that'd be great if you like this Jameis Um you know, they've got, <laughs> what can you say about Alvin Kamara, though? You know, we talk about Christian McCaffrey being the best player in football. Um, Alvin Kamara is an absolute beast as well. Michael Thomas is injured again um, after reportedly like, delaying his surgery until a time when it's angered the organisation. Um, but beyond that, I don't think there's anything too scary about them. Uh, the rest of their receivers... They've obviously got a rookie tight end in Adam Troutman after Jared Cook's moved to the Chargers. Um, Seem to have somehow navigated the cap space for this season, but based on a fictitious or estimated $208 million cap limit next year, <laughs> they're projected to be $34 million over that. So 
we'll hope that one year this does and one year soon catch up with them. Um, it has to. <laughs> it really has to. Yeah, I know. I, know, I really thought <laughs> we're going to be in a worse situation this year than what they've ended up in. I don't think, and I think that does Sean Payton think that they've got enough this year to make one more or decent go of it? I'm sure they'll feel like they're stronger than the Falcons and the Panthers. Um, but I think, you know, whichever way it goes, I think they'll continue to regress and struggle. Um, 2021, I feel like it's got to be their limit before cap constraints cripple them. And I can't wait for that to happen, to be honest. If there's any Saints fans listening, I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> what do we think they'll do QB-wise? You mentioned QB poetry. Um, it looks messy, even outside in looking at the four names. You could, three of those, two of those realistically to probably fight for that QB spot. But you wouldn't be surprised. I think Dan mentioned the seal three in week one, just to play with people's heads a little bit. What are we thinking, guys? I think Jameis would be a great quarterback if he could just stop throwing the ball to the other team. Um, and that seems to be his problem. And, and I've not kept up with the Saints. Um, I try to avoid leg, <laughs> to be honest, but I think so. He did play some snaps in preseason, still threw a couple of interceptions. So um, I beat the Jags, but um, I think they could create some confusion um, with the way that the scheme some offensive players going. If you know, the, is it going to be Winston? Is it going to be Hill? Hill can be in there as a gadget player. Um, that might be one thing that they can use to their advantage is just confuse the hell out of everyone else. Dan, how do you see it? Yeah, I think the fact they've got a serviceable QB and a gadget QB, if you will, it pains me to say it, but the one person that you'd probably think could make that work would be Sean Payton. Um, I think he's just about creative enough and he thinks outside the box enough to, to have a go at that. Um, I hope he don't. I hope it falls flat on their face and all of them fail at everything they ever do. <laughs> In all um, forms of their life? No, nah, let's not be personal. Just at football. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're the Saints, isn't they? So they won't and it annoys you and no matter how bad they are, they just still stick around and yeah... I like a bad smell, aren't they? Huh? I like a bad smell. They are. and I don't know. I've seen, there was videos last year, obviously the Bucks lost to them twice in the regular season. Uh, and Winston threw a touchdown in one of them when he came on because they rested Breeze because the game was that one-sided. Um, locker room dancing and parties and shenanigans, which they got fined for for breach of COVID rules, which was even funnier. Uh, and then, obviously, when the one mattered, we, we beat them. So, yeah, I, I don't know. They just annoy me. Uh, they, they annoy everybody that isn't a Saints fan, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too, not as uh, anti-Saints as you guys. For well, it should be, Fred. I should be. <laughs> if this podcast has taught me one thing, it's to be anti-Saints and hate the Saints. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, I think they're probably just about going to get by with a winning record this year because they've just about got enough 
well, just about got enough. Alvin Kamara's fantastic, but you know, they've just about got enough in in enough areas to still be okay. But at some point, you feel it. Have is they too much. Michael Thomas is down at the minute. They've got Marcus Callaway, Traquan Smith, Adam Troutman. They've let go of Jared Cook. Adam Troutman's now potentially got an injury. They've lost their tight end as well. They've got two gimmicky QBs. Like, fill the box, stop having Kamara running the ball, and what do they do with it? That's a fair point. I think, again, if, okay, if I'll, I'll, I'll go with your point for a second. And I think probably if you're in book, you're looking your lips in terms of a landing place. You know, yes, he's a fourth round quarterback, but he's the quarterback that's won the most games for Notre Dame ever. Um, and he's probably thinking, these two could quite conceivably do nothing and do very badly. And he could find himself probably year two, potentially a starter if things go well for him and, and things go badly for the other guys. But it is quite conceivable that could happen. Um, I guess really, like I said, I, I don't think it will quite go like that. But I don't know. What we got records then, guys? What we got? I think you said a winning record. I've got um, just on a losing record, eight and nine. Yeah. Rob, what you got? I've just realised I'm not very good at maths. That's all right. <laughs> it's a 24 and 6. What is it you do for a job, Rob? That would interest me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 8 and 9. Uh, 9. See, we know the NFC South, see? Uh, I've got 9 and 8. 9 and okay, 8. That's feasible. I'm OK with that. Pretty close, aren't we? I'm okay with that. So we'll go on to um, the real, the real pits, the real bottom of the division, the the scum in the cup that's been left on the side for the last eight weeks. The Atlanta Falcons. Um, Rob, do you want to start? <laughs> Ouch! I agree, though, Fred. Perfectly yeah. right. Thank you. Yeah. You know, that side that are that good, they're that close to winning everything that they don't even need their best player any longer. I just like to remind you, Fred, when we spoke about the Patriots, that was nothing but complimentary. Nothing but complimentary, were you? And now you've just called the Falcons scum <laughs> on the side. Scum in the cup you leave on the side for eight weeks, yeah. I, yeah. I'd, wow. I'll take the Falcons over the Saints, but that's just me personally. There's not a lot in it either. Nah, I actually prefer the Falcons to the Saints as well, personally, but I said that all for my own amusement. Go on, Rob, talk us through the Falcons. Uh, last season, hugely frustrating, finishing 4-12, and 12, lost eight games by just one score. Um, three games in a row, we were winning handsomely and managed to throw the game away and just give up. Our offence basically could never get going due to the horrific play calling of Dirk Cotter. Um, Defence was pretty terrible while Dan Quinn was head coach, but picked up towards the end of the season. I think going into this season, our offence was a hugely frightening prospect. Um, obviously, losing Julio Jones means we're not quite as scary as we could have been. Um, but I think Ridley and Pitts with Gage and Hurst is a good receiving corpse. I've got reservations over us at running back. Um, Arthur Smith likes to run the ball. 
Mike Davis had a great season for the Panthers last year when McCaffrey got injured, and I just hope he can keep that up. But that, you know, was the first real time in his career that seems to have been able to perform that well consistently. Um, and then the problem is the lack of depth that we've got behind him. Um, we've actually today released Javion Hawkins, who was an undrafted running back that seems to get a lot of excitement. Um, amongst people that you know probably one of the best undrafted running backs there was out there and potential to make the 53-man team but he's been let go as part of today's roster cuts so there's lack of depth there running back and i'm scared about our offensive line we lost just while you're on the running back do you think they might go on now and acquire someone do you think they're going to trade for somebody um I don't know. With the people that I don't think we'll trade for anybody. Um, but I don't think there's also probably not a lot out there either that could add to to what we've got. We do need more depth there. I can't believe that they think uh, Ollison is going to be, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Just the way it's going at the minute, I think the banking on Davis being able to produce like he did last year and be a workhorse for us with Ollison and uh, what's it called? I forgot who we got from the Bears. Patterson. In Patterson. Um, you know, probably for um, as well. So, I don't know. Right now, I can't see us going out and getting anybody else. Um, but that's not to say, you know, as the roster whittles down even more. Obviously, the roster being cut down to eight as we get closer and more and more players are yeah. cut throughout the league. Maybe we'll keep an eye on the waiver wire and, and add someone along the way. Yeah. I mean, Rob, for me, I only watched a couple of Falcons games last year, but it looked like a team with a lot of talent that actually, in the end, either the play calling was really poor or they looked scared of winning. Oh, again, I always draw reference to that Chiefs game, but you should have absolutely, you should have beaten the Chiefs. It was week 15. They did, didn't they? Didn't they? <laughs> they, they only lost by three points. Oh, okay. Technically, it's close enough. Yeah. We'll give but they that. won. They won, yeah. This is um, your favourite joke every week. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, though, they, they really should have won that game. And even Koo, who had a fantastic season, he started missing kicks left, right and centre and very fortunately made that last kick to, I think, take him to 17 points. Um there, but was that a common theme throughout last season? Because the ability definitely seems to be there, offensively at least. Yeah, last year I my thoughts were that Dirk Cotter was going to be useless after his first year, and I was right. It was useless. And defensively, I thought we've got a young, inexperienced, relatively poor defence um, so we were pinning all our hopes on our offense, which had all the pieces in place, but bad coaching. Um, but then, just quickly, sorry to interrupt. The players seem to make individual mistakes in that game. You know, was that a common theme? It didn't seem to be the play calling as much as players dropping catches. Um, you know, the O line not protecting Ryan as much as necessary in key situations. I don't know. I don't, from what I saw, it wasn't all the play calling. Yeah, I mean, our offensive line was poor. Um, Matt Ryan, I think, is the most 
the third most sacked quarterback over the last four or five years or whatever it is. And you know, I'll come on to that in a little bit. Their offensive line is a huge worry for me going into this season as well. Um, there were a few games where there were drop passes and things, but I think overall, offensively, it came down to poor play calling. I think defensively was way so more of these individual errors of missed assignments, missed blocks, missed tackles, and they were more individual errors because of the capabilities of the defensive side of the ball. Um, but offensively, I still pin it on play calling as the primary issue that we had. Okay. Dan, how do you uh, how do you feel the Falcons? Uh, horrible. um yeah i said at the start a little bit on the falcons that defensively i worry for them running back i worry for them a lot and they got rid of their best player which is never makes good business sense does it let's face it um he had his troubles i guess julio and his injuries and he was getting there. I guess if he was going to sell him, it was now or never to sell Julio. Um, I just don't see a team selling Julio Jones being as good as it was with Julio Jones. That's not possible. Julio Jones makes teams better. Um, having said that, I think they have enough offensive talent still to be competitive, I think in the predictions one I've done, I had Calvin really being the top wide receiver on the year for yards. I think that will be the case. I think they're going to be a throw-first offence, high-scoring games, late-quarter drives to, to stay in games and win games. Um, and with or without Julio, Calvin really is talented enough to, to make the most of that situation. Um, Gage did okay in spells, I think, last year. It remains to be seen if he can step into a full wide receiver two role, I guess. Um, but no, I think they'll be competitive in games. I think it's going to be fun watching them because, as I say, I think there'll be a, a lot of points. Falcons, Cowboys could be a, a real mess, be like it was last year. Um, but I've got them on a losing record if that's what matters. I think the thing with Julio Jones is that we literally. Nobody wanted to trade him. The front office didn't want to trade him and the team mm-hmm. didn't want to trade him. The owner didn't want to trade him. But, you know, he came out and said some things about wanting to win and stuff. And I think he probably felt his time at the Falcons had, had come to an end. But when you look at it from a business perspective, we couldn't sign our rookie class and we had no money to yeah. have free agents on. And yeah. the only way we could get out of that situation was to trade Julio and so I think it came down to a business decision of if we want to sign our rookies and get a few free agents in here and move on then that's the only way to do it Okay so you talk about Julio's comments and obviously him wanting to win and all this sort of stuff but where do you think that leaves Matt Ryan because obviously last couple of years and I don't know how seriously you take these things you get these small rumours always off here he's off to there and they're going to try and trade for him but nothing ever really comes of it but you know he's a he's a very very good quarterback who's had one shot there at winning a, a Super Bowl it's not come good and 
he's at the age now where with what you've got, although as I said, I think you've got loads of talent offensively, you know, realistically, you're nowhere near a supervisor. So, you know, surely that sort of comment pisses him off as well because he's thinking, well, look, you know, I can, I've got all this ability and I've stuck with the Falcons and I'm trying to make this work. You know, where, where does this leave him? Well, I guess everybody's different, aren't they, in that sense and people's outlook and stuff. But, you know, I think Ryan probably knows that at this, at his age, and he's not, you know, he's still highly serviceable and I still have a lot of faith in him and I like him and I'm happy as that, that he's our quarterback. But he is starting to be on the decline. He's at the wrong age on a huge contract for somebody else to come in and he's almost untradeable. Um, you know, Julio Jones, is, if he's fit, he's still in the top three wide receiver debate in the league. Matt Ryan is not in the top three or five quarterbacks in the league anymore, yet he's paid like one. So nobody's going to come in there and make a trade for him. So he's untradeable from our point of view. And he probably knows that. Um Maybe he has also on the flip side some more belief in what we're trying to do here in Ridley and Pitts and the other pieces around him. And you know, I think a quarterback as well, like Dan likes to say, there's only 32. When we talk about these guys on any team and any level, mm. the, they are the best in the world because there's only so many spots and there's only 32 jobs in the world. To be a so, I'm going to guess from a fan's perspective a little bit as well, but from obviously what you see objectively, can you surprise everyone? Has there the ability there to go and get maybe 11 and 12 wins and get to that playoffs within that, even if it's maybe not what you think will happen? Is there enough there to think, well, if they put this run together, there's enough ability there to carry it on or, or not realistically? Yes, there is. I've not gone that way in my predictions because mm-hmm. I've tried to be unbiased and I've tried to be objective about it. I think if we'd have kept Julio with Ridley, I think things would be a lot different. I think now that you know Gage did show in flashes last season what he can do, but is he ready to be a full-time number two? Um, if we're going to have to rely on the running game more that we couldn't get going last year, beyond Mike Davis, we've not got a lot. So that is a huge worry. And our offensive line's a worry as well. You know, losing Alex Mack. We've got Hennessy, who's got one year's experience. Then uh, a rookie behind him. Josh Andrews, at some point, was appeared to be winning the job for left guard, which is an absolutely horrifying thought. Um so keeping Ryan uprights going to be an issue. But I think where we can probably surprise people is I think our offence this season under Smith <clears throat> above average. I think people expect us to have a really terrible defence. And I think the only thing we've got going for us is DMPs. And I think we saw flashes of that in the Titans pre-season game where we were literally blitzing from everywhere, getting pressure from everywhere. And I think we couldn't manage to do that against the Dolphins in the second pre-season game, but there's a lot of second and third string 
against a first and second string. So um, I'm not reading too much into that. I think when our first team's out there, our, defend, our defense might perform better than what people think it's going to do. I'm sure it'll still have its it'll still have its moments where literally everybody gets run straight through us. But I think for the most part, it'll be better than it was last year as well. Okay then. So unless Dan, you've got anything to to add there? Should we go to records? Yeah, my record is a realistic seven and ten. Okay. Got an eight and nine. I've got nine and eight. Oh, winning record. Brave. I've been the most realistic. That was your quote off air, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah, been the most the realistic. Only one with a winning record, yeah. No, oh. you're wrong. <laughs> we'll see. Why don't you share, Fred? You read a, a couple of articles today that had the Patriots at like 14 and 2 or something stupid. No, the Falcons, yeah, the Falcons. Yeah, so I went yeah. on, uh, was it Falcons Live? I think it was. Let me get the uh, information up. Ridiculous records. Uh, where are we? Du, 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 du. Yeah, 11 and 6, 12 and 5. Yeah, I've gone two or three loss, uh, wins less than those guys. Yeah. <laughs> you still need to go two or three more or less, mate. If you want to pick up in your Falcons fans, Falcons Wire predictions, Google that. It's mental. <laughs> Fair. Oh, should we move on to Sorry, the Super Bowl? Sorry, Rob, but that also puts you behind the Saints in my division. Oh, uh, cool. <laughs> I thought we were friends, mate. Should we go on to the, uh, the last year's and next year's Super Bowl winners, the Bucks? Oh, Fred, are we going to jinx it like that, Fred? <laughs> Tom Brady's got... retirement home. I knew you were a Bucks fan, Fred. <laughs> so, if, if Brady wins it again this year, do you really think he's walking into retirement? I don't think so. He's got a two-year deal. He's there. He'll play on. He wants to be the 45, doesn't he? He wants to play at 45, so he'll do two years. I mean, I think um, they'll win the division down, but what do you think? In terms of they're going to win it, but how far are they going to go? Yeah, they need to win the division because I've got all three other teams on losing records. So <laughs> <laughs> if they don't win the division, there's been a serious problem here. Um, you know, it's well documented. They, they won the Super Bowl. They've brought back all the starters from the Super Bowl, which is a feat unmatched. A lot of free agents there, Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett, have, have already signed and or, or been um, franchise tagged to stay. We've got people like Mike Evans who renegotiates his deal every single year without foul to keep other people there. Tom Brady's done the same this year. Um, I think Gronkowski's done the same this year. All to allow this to happen. Um, not many additions. We brought in Giovanni Bernard, which appears as if it was almost a headhunt from Tom Brady. Um, we had a lot of trouble. I think we had 17 drops on throws to the running backs last season. Um, Giovanni Bernard has been brought in to be that catching back. Um, a lot of people put him behind Ronald Jones and behind Linda Fournette in the pecking order. I, I don't see it. I think he'll be our, our third down back. I think he'll be our two-minute drive back. Um, Brady as always as you know Fred had that, that James White character that that running back that can catch mm-hmm. 
I think Bernard fits that bill, fits that bill well, and uh, I think we'll see quite a lot of him. Um, draft for us went well. We picked up um, Joe Tryon as an edge rusher. Looks, I don't know if you've seen anything of him yet, but he is explosive um, off the edge. He's been playing with the, the twos and Obviously, we've got Sue there and JPP. Um, uh, Bruce Arians come out yesterday and said there may be a scenario where we see Jason Pierre-Paul and Damakun Sue and Joe Tryon all on the pitch at once on a pass rush, um, which will be scary. Uh, rest of our drafts, we did pick up a young QB. We said a couple of teams should have done it. We did pick up Kyle Trask in the second local lad from, from Florida Gators. Um, he understands his role. He's not expected to come in and play. He is there to sit and learn and watch and learn and learn some more and then probably learn some more, to be honest with you. Um, couple of other bits on the line. Robert Hainsey, um, done okay from Notre Dame. And Jalen Darden is a wide receiver that is exciting a lot of Bucks fans. Um, I think Predominantly, he'll get the kick and punt return duties. Um, but that kid is lightning fast. Um, so, I mean, he's way down the pecking order, right? The three we've got in Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. Scotty Miller played well last year. We got Tyler Johnson in last year's draft. And what I've seen of him in preseason the last year, he he would be starting in some teams, and he's fifth choice in the Bucks. Uh, and then you put Jalen Darden in there as well. So we said last year that when we done it, we thought last year was a free shot, and this was the year we were built to win it. And I think that still stands. I think the exciting thing for you guys is the fact, obviously, you quite clearly improved as you went on through the regular season, didn't you? Um, you know, and there's, it's, I don't know if you've quite got to your ceiling yet. That's the the exciting bit for me and the Bucks fan, and the un, you know, the worrying bit if you're, a, you know, anyone who's got to come up against the Bucks, really, isn't it? Yeah, we haven't, we physically haven't got worse. We've got the same team with rookies and Giovanni Bernardo. We haven't got worse. Now, whether we can keep things original enough and and the play calling different enough to keep it lively remains to be seen but the talent is certainly there there's no reason why i think bucks fans aren't not necessarily expecting but hopeful of a, of a repeat season and i don't know what uh what rob's take on this all is it's probably difficult to be completely objective but um yeah where do you uh what do you fear or what, what do you think of the bucks <clears throat> well, all I heard when Dan was talking was just white noise. Exactly. Okay, do you want me to be objective? Cool. Okay. Um, the books are nailed on to win their first divisional title for 14 years. And I think with the other state of affairs of other teams in the division, the division things would have to go really bad for the books and perfectly right for somebody else for somebody else to win this division this year. 
Oh. I feel sick. <laughs> They've got depth everywhere, um, talent everywhere, backed up by good younger players. They brought by their entire team from last season. Seemingly created a Super Bowl winning team overnight um, last season. But, you know, what they've done is incredible, but like, I think old books fans and the organisation know their window is short. It's not a window like what the Chiefs will be hoping they've got. Obviously, there's a expiry date on Brady, we hope, soon. Um, and potential cap constraints in the next couple of seasons means that they'll not physically be able to keep everybody together. Um, but I'm sure they'll not mind that after getting at least one Super Bowl and, you know, they're, they're going to be the uh, favourites from the NFC to be the representative in the Super Bowl from the NFC this year as well. And now I'm going to go have a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I think we'll make mistakes along the way. I don't know if that's just being a Bucks fan that we're so used to it, but... Uh, I think it really helped us last year not win the division. Um, it made the roster that the, the schedule that a bit easier, obviously. Um, I just want a home playoff game. Just, I mean, I know we had the Super Bowl, but a, a normal playoff game at home would be really nice um, to have. So, what was I objective and fair, Dan? He was fair, mate. Yeah, there is talent and depth. As I said, Tyler Johnson is our wide receiver five in his second year. We looked at the Saints. He'd start there right now. Um, he'd start somewhere like the Lions or the Colts or the Packers, potentially. Um, but he's wide receiver five on our roster, which is, is a phenomenal position to be in. Does it make you feel bad for being overly harsh on the Falcons? No, I was realistic on the Falcons. So. <laughs> I've been realistic with the Bucks, I feel. I think. What's the record? 14 and 3. Ooh. We know our NFC South. 14 and 3, I've got. I'm 15 and 2. And I really struggled, actually, to get them losing the second game. Out of curiosity, who have you got them losing to? The two. I think we'll lose uh, at the Rams week three and then the Bills late in the season. Mm-hmm. And just because I'm a Bucks fan, the way it is, I think we'll lose in the Superdome to the Saints because that's just got Jameis Winston somehow doing that to us because that would just kill us. But yeah, they're the three I went with. You got the three exact same. Yeah. You look at that Bucks team on paper, you look at that Saints team on paper, that Bucks team beats that Saints team. But they're the Saints as the Superdome, and it, they just have a knack for these things. These predictions is that, you know, even though one team might be superior to the other, like in sport in general, that doesn't just mean that they're going to get a free pass, does it? Nope. So. And we will make mistakes along the way. We did last year. Um, the key is we we done enough to, to get through. We got stuck in the division. I think the NFC East being as poor as it was really helped because that was where we were going. Um, I was okay playing Washington 
in that. I think a Dallas or a, a Giants game, I think potentially could have been a, a bit trickier for us. Um, but I was okay playing playing Washington there. I think it played to our strengths a little bit. Uh, yeah, as I said, last year was, let's see how this goes, how it builds, and it's a free shot at it. This year is the year we planned to win it, I believe. Um, I think winning it last year has just built that hope a little bit more. I've got you losing to the Bills. I've actually got yeah. you losing week 18 to the Panthers as well because you're going to rest everyone for the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, see, and I that's the only reason I've gone down that, that route, which is an old route. But I couldn't figure out where you're going to lose the second game. I couldn't. I struggled to say a team's only going to lose one game. I really struggled with that idea. And division I thought logically that's where I could put it. The division games are tough because the the difference in quality is evened out a little bit by the extra scouting and know-how and teams. And we played the Panthers well, just two weeks prior. So I'm hoping we'll have the number one seed tied up, Fred. We'll have a buyer. So I wouldn't care. But I think the win we had against the Panthers last year was one of the best I've seen us play. And we... Until half time we were losing, I believe it was, if not, it was very close. So, um, I just see throwing teams hurting us. We can stop the run. If it was number one run defense last year, the secondary is better than it was, and it, it was good enough. I think throwing teams can hurt us, which is why I think the Rams, the Bills, and Jameis Winston just because that's called fate. Or hurts. Having just said that, I've spoken all the show about how the Falcons are a throwing team because they've got no running backs. <laughs> I've got us beating them twice. So. <laughs> what do I know? Um, well, I think uh, I think you know you want to win another Super Bowl, Dan. If I'm honest, I'd like it, Fred. I'd like it a lot. I can't see past it. Can't see past it. Well, probably is. Shaking his head in disgust or throwing up in his hand or his head in his hands. Oh, your head in his hands. There we go. And <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, we all think they're going to win a Super Bowl. Well, guys, anything else to add about how brilliant the Bucks are or anything else you want to talk about at all before we close this one off? Yeah, I want to talk about your scum in the cup comment. <laughs> <laughs> good, wasn't it? No, it wasn't good. Just should have been 12 weeks in the cup. <laughs> I didn't like it. Can't wait to see the Falcons play at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's going to be fantastic. Me too. I'll be fully behind them because I need them to beat the Jets. So. You need them to beat the Jets. Why do you need them to beat the Jets? Well, I just want them to beat the Jets. Take the Jets out of contention. Well, I'm glad <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be cheering us on for one week only. What did you have the Falcons record again, Rob? Uh, 9-8. Okay. It's realistic if it clicks and Gage works and if Mike Davis has the kind of year he had last year. It's possible. Who have you got winning Falcons Pats? Oh, oh. Pats. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. That's where we <laughs> That's where you two differentiate then, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Can't wait for that week. Can't wait. Oh, I look forward to it. There's no football, that's all. What's that? 
It's Thursday night football. Is it? So hold on. Pats Bucks is on prime time. Yeah. Falcons Pats is on prime time. When do we Falcons week two isn't uh, later on? Was it week fourteen ish? That could be. That could be. We shall see. Well, we shall see. Okay, right. can we close it off there? Yeah, NFC South, one winning record, three losing records. Love it. Job done. Cheers <laughs> for listening. <laughs>